Yeah, I was just thinking of this, and I want to speak a little bit about community and the importance of it, because I think we get robbed. Uh, well, we do get robbed when we sense or feel that um, our walk or our church life is an event, a Sunday event, where we come together and often just have fellowship with the back of somebody else's head and never get to know each other. You see, that's not what God intended, and I was thinking of it and, and what God's doing in the church. I sense there's such a sense of unity, uh, of mutual honor in this church, and I just love that scripture, Psalm 91, verse 1, or the whole psalm there, but where it says, Behold how good and pleasant it is when the brethren dwell together. So I'm sorry, yeah, you're right, 133. And uh, when the brethren dwell together in unity. And um, it put a smile on our Father's heart when we do that. And, and I just want to encourage you um, uh, in your walk to get to know people uh, and become part of the community. You see, God created us for relationship. And I believe that the only way we can ex- be ex- um, effective followers of Jesus Christ and the only way of making it through the storms and the trials of life is by doing life together in community. One of the things that the enemy loves to do is separate one or two of the sheep because he knows if he can get them unattached to the body, uh, they are target for the enemy. Uh, and, um, and you know the voice of God and you know the voice of the enemy. Even when we make mistakes, the voice of God is always come home. The enemy is you've, you've made a mistake, you're not worthy, so you need to separate yourself. That is never the voice of God. No matter what we do, no matter where we are, God is there with us. And we know that very clearly in the story of the prodigal son, where the father waited daily for his son to return. And um, you see, and the, and the way God works is through his church. And we read this in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10, that his intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God would be made known to rule and authorities in heavenly realms. God has no plan B. He sent his son to die for us. When Jesus ascended, he he, uh, the Holy Spirit came and empowered the early church. They were filled with the Spirit and the church was born. And we read in Ephesians chapter 1 that Jesus Christ is the head of the church and we are his body. And that's his intent, that we together do life together and that church isn't an event. Church is not a building. Church is people. We are the body of Christ and we've got to break that mindset that we go to church. No, we gather as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And even though we are the most um, connected and informed culture in society today, we've got Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, WikiLeaks, you know, and we can get all the information we want. We have also become the most disconnected people ever. And often, even when we're meeting with people and you go to restaurants or you go to coffee shops or so, it's just amazing how you'll see people spend lots of money to go out for a meal and they both sit on their phones 
texting people that aren't even there about their meal. (laughs) Present, but not present society. And that's not what God intended. We know a lot of things about a lot of people. Like you say, you can have hundreds of people and you know, the amazing thing about Facebook, it's fake. And I'll tell you why, because you only see the highlights. How many put a bad hair day on there or I've had a terrible day, my life sucks on Facebook? No, it's these highlights and and that's a, a beautiful thing to do that. But we don't know people, we know of them. And often we don't even know Jesus Christ because we know of him. Because when our relationship with Jesus Christ is through second-hand revelation, and we have teachers that need to teach us, leaders that lead us, home group leaders to encourage us, but Jesus Christ died so that we could have a personal relationship with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and know Him. Paul says that in Philippians, I want to know you. And he knew Christ well. But we, God doesn't want us to know of him. Even atheists know of God, even if they don't believe he's there. The fact that they say there's no God means that there is one to me. Anyway, we know a lot of things, but we don't have many deep relationships anymore. And, we, and this leaves a huge vacuum in our lives. Because God created us for relationships. And that's why I sent his son to die for us. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whomsoever believeth in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. And why did God send his son? Because sin, when sin entered the world, the relationship with God was broken. And he sent his son to die for our sins, not simply that so we could buy fire insurance to get into heaven and escape hell. He died for our sins to restore relationship with him that was broken by sin. That's why he died. He died for relationship. He never intended life to be lived alone. And deep down, we know this. But here's the thing. If we don't intentionally, like Wes was speaking, intentionally in our busy lives pursue relationships, they will never happen. It's up to us because we reap what we sow. Many people say, well, this church is not friendly or, or, or go to church and I've heard them. No, you become a friend. You see, if you're lonely and you, if you're feeling isolated, the best thing you could do is to reach out to another lonely person. And they're more than likely sitting right next to you or in front of you or behind you. Reach out. And as you sow into their life, so they begin to sow into yours. If you sow love, you reap love and so on. And so we live these isolated lives and God intended us to be a family. He's called our Father. And God wants us to be His family. And He wants us to sow into each other's lives as we sow into our our life with Him too. You see, Paul alluded to this in Acts chapter 2. 
we see a picture of what community uh, looked like. And this is what it says in Acts 2, 42 to 47. This is the blueprint of the early church. This is day one of church, the, 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 the start of the world. It says of the church. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and shared everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to everyone as he had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts, and they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying favor with God and the people. And the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. It must have been an incredibly vibrant community where they not only looked after themselves, but they lived for the benefit of others. And that's what God intended. When God said he was going to bless Abraham in Genesis 12, he calls Abraham. Abraham's seeking God, and, and uh, God reveals himself to him. And he says, Abraham, I want to bless you, and all the nations will be blessed through you. So I want to bless you, Abraham, so that you can be a blessing. And God wants to bless us in, blessing out. Bless us in, and as we begin to sow, we reap so much more. And it's not just financially, it's with our lives. It's with friendship, with all of those things. And so they devoted themselves, let's look at this, to the apostles' teaching. So what is that all about? It's similar to what we're doing today and what I'm doing now is to encourage you. And it says this what it says Ephesians four, eleven to twelve. It was he who gave some to be apostles, to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors, teachers. What for? To equip the saints for works of service, so that the the body of Christ may be built up. So the reason we meet is for fellowship, for friendship, to worship God, but to be equipped ourselves so that we can serve others, to encourage ourselves so that we can serve others. And, and uh, the enemy will also say, well, what do you know? You don't know uh, enough about the Bible. You don't know this. You don't know. So what, what can you do? Well, Jesus says in Matthew that our light, let your light so shine before men. How? that they see your good deeds, and they glorify God. And you see, that's what the early church was doing. Why people were being added daily? Because they were doing good deeds. They were um, looking after the poor. They were selling their possessions and, and sharing them. They were meeting, and people said, man, I want to be a part of a community like that. I want to be part of a people like that. And if we get this, we can turn the city around very quickly, if we understand that we're here, this is the huddle in the midst of a, the, uh, in the midst of a Canuck game when they're in the when they're in the change room and they haven't played really well, uh, which we're all too aware of. Um, and we're in the bleachers, and we're saying we are so mad at them. And I've said this before: I love hockey, I love any contact sport, and so when I came here. I saw hockey was like rugby with the blades on your feet, and it looked really fun. And, uh, but I, so I've been watching hockey for, since I've been here, 
But you know, I can barely skate. Where I came from, there was all... I, uh, my kids, I don't think had seen snow before we moved to Canada. And, um, and yet I can uh, have an opinion on how the Sedins are playing hockey. How ridiculous is that? You see, when we're spectators, it's very easy. Oh, they did. Did they win last night? Praise God. And, uh, but spectators always have an opinion. But when you're on that ice and you're not playing well, nobody has to tell them that. And I'm sure when they're in the huddle, like this should be, they are encouraging each other. The goalie that's let in that easy goal, I'm sure he's getting a tap and saying, don't worry, let's get out there again and play. And that's how we should be. That's why community is important. We come together, we've been beat up out there, life hasn't gone too well, and we come together in small groups or in community like this, and we're encouraged and equipped to go and be salt and light in the community. Amen. They devoted themselves to fellowship. It's the next thing. They laughed together, they cried together, they shared together, they encouraged each other, they challenged each other, and they simply did life and served Jesus together and to breaking of bread. And there's two implications to this when you read this. The first is, was in remembrance and in gratitude for what Jesus Christ had done for them on the cross. And the second was sharing meals in their homes, inviting people for fellowship in their homes, sharing meals, breaking bread together, and it's something that's almost a lost art again, where we, we, for some reason, we've stopped having people around to share life with us in our homes. And it's really hard to explain, but something supernatural happens in a home when you meet together, you encourage each other, you pray for each other. It's an intimate place. And so invite somebody. Invite somebody into your home. I remember an amazing story. We had this couple join this church many years ago. I've told it before, but I just want to tell it again because it really impacted my, my life. Um, this guy came into my office in the week. We were in, in another area of town, um, uh, and we had a storefront um, in a mall. And uh, this guy walked in on a Thursday, he was angry, angry, angry. He saw the sign, and we had it on Jesus Loves You. And he walks in there, and he says, he comes to my office, and he just starts giving me a gear about Jesus and the church and how it's been let down, and he was this, and this is this is what happened, and that happened. And he was just venting all of the stuff that had happened to him growing up in a church. And... Um, after I finished speaking, I just, I, we started chatting a little bit. I said, I really apologize for what went down and so on. But I said, why didn't you come to Oceanside the Sunday? Why didn't you give it another chance and, uh, and see what happens there? And um, he left. He said, well, maybe I'll do. Well, that Sunday arrived with his, his wife and, and, and daughter and came into the service. I don't remember him being there. We weren't this week, but I, he snuck in the back. And uh, in the car, he had said to his wife, and I only heard this, knew this two years later, 
when he told me. He said to his wife, if somebody does not greet us, we are no, I will never, ever go back to a church. He said that. After church, we're having coffee, and Bisla and Yomi, a wonderful Nigerian couple in our church, she saw them there, Bisla. She's the friendliest lady. She's more than likely jumping up and down with the kids right now. But she went up to him and said, hey, I haven't seen you here. Welcome. He said, what are you doing for lunch? Took them to lunch, to their home. Changed. I, I, they started coming back, and I thought, wow, it must be because of my good preaching. <laughs> he said, I don't even remember what you preached. The point is, there are people here right now that have come because of a need, and it might be you. And there's two ways we can handle it. We either internalize it, or we say, let me reach out to somebody else too. God, who can I speak to? Who can I reach out to? And we, God, that's what God intended, and that's what they did. And they prayed. They prayed not only alone, but together. And Andy spoke about that. You see, in a nutshell, they understood the difference between going to church as an event and being the church, doing life together. Interesting that we are called human beings and not human doings. Just thought about that now. <laughs> we start busy doing stuff. We start busy attending stuff. But God wants us to be the church, to be the family to be the connected body of Christ. And one of the biggest mistakes we make is isolating ourselves and thinking that a fulfilled Christian life can be done alone. Many people, and I meet them, oh, you're a pastor, well, I watch this guy on TV every Sunday, me and my wife. Well, good for you, that's wonderful. But how enriching is that? Who are you sharing that with? Well, we don't like the church, that's why we do this. Well, if you don't like the church, then you should actually leave Christianity because we are the church. So if you don't like it, you actually don't like yourself. But the point is here is that people get so isolated and they think it's great, I can just roll out of bed and all of that. They miss the richness of community, of doing life together. And that we don't, they, we, we believe that we don't need each other. And even if we do, we live like we don't. You see, the point of being part of God's family is knowing that you and I don't have to do life alone. You have God the Father in heaven who loves you. He gave His Son to restore relationship. You have God the Son who says this in Matthew 28. He gives us this great commission to go into all the world as his disciples preaching the gospel and doing all, all of that. And the most incredible thing is in verse 20 at the end, he says, And surely I am with you always. And the good, the bad, the indifferent, no matter where you are, no matter what you do, he is with you. And he never leaves you or forsakes you. Isaiah 43 says, when you walk through the fires, he says, I don't promise to put them out, but you won't get burnt. When the floods come, 
They won't overwhelm you. But they do when we isolate ourselves. We need somebody to speak into our lives. To, to, you see, I can have faith, more faith for your situation often than I can have for mine. Isn't that true? Isn't that true? So we can have faith. So no, you can do it. You can do it. Let's pray together. Let's walk this out together. Let's, we can do it. And you say, I can't. No, you can. Well, the next day you're saying, I can't do this. Imagine somebody comes along and just says, yes, you can. We need each other. We need each other. We're a body. Go and meditate on 1 Corinthians 12 about the body fitly joined together. Jesus will be with you. Never leave you or forsake you in the good, the bad, and the ugly. He's always there for us. And we have God, the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit indwelling us when we are born again, born of the Spirit. You see, a spiritual family celebrates in the good and the bad, and it encourages us not to give up. I promise you, there's been times even in ministry, even in leading churches and doing what I do, where I've said, God, I don't want to do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. You know, and at the latest, and then somebody will come along and say, how I was thinking of you. How are you doing? Let's have a coffee. Doesn't even need to know what went wrong, but that just sparked something. Yeah, God, there's somebody that cares. There obviously are people that care for us, but the enemy will tell us they're not there. And when we don't share life, how do people know? If you're struggling and, and you need help, reach out. Because you know what? You might reach out to me this week and I say, listen, we can do it. And I'm struggling the next week. And that's how it goes. And the Hebrews 10, 23 to 25 is, is an amazing um, little passage of Scripture. And we're going to finish on this. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promises is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another with love and good deeds. How we can encourage one another to step out. To, to look, church, and one of the things that we've got to break in the church is that we have our little clique and our friends and our family and all of that. We have the young people's group. By the way, Wednesdays, if you're 60, you can go to that group. I just want to, and I'm not joking. It's not a young adult's group. I know it was mentioned like that. I don't like that because then we've got to go to old man's group. He's going to come to that. <laughs> we are the body of Christ. And anybody can go to any one of these meetings. And you can be encouraged. And you can grow in your faith. But when you stop doing it, and I promise you this, that you stop going to church. Some people just say, I just need a break. One week, two weeks, three weeks. 
I do, I'm not going to go to home group. I'm not going to do this. You know what? It's life. How many times do you go to something? You know, there's this guy that um, was locked in his room and uh, he's in his um, early 30s and his mom wanted him to come to church and he was knocking on, she was not. Hey, Johnny, you've got to come to church with me. You've got to come to church. He said, I'm not going. I'm finished with church and all of this. No, you've got to come. She was so desperate. And he said, give me one reason why you should go. And she said, because you're the pastor. <laughs> we all don't feel like coming sometimes. But we all, when we do it, we are fed and we are encouraged. It's an amazing thing. You see, we don't just stumble into community. We have to be intentional. We have to desire it and see the value in it. And we can never, ever become more like Jesus on our own. There's risk in community. But the question is, do you want to live a life continually lonely, isolated, and struggling on your own? Or do you want to risk and let others in and pr to pray for you, to stand with you, and to celebrate with you? The choice is ours. And I'm praying that this church will be known for its love for each other. Um, ten groups will become 20 groups, and 20 groups will become 30 groups. And those groups will encourage each other, spur each other on, and start working in the community, and the community will know that we're here. We may come in a time um, as things speed up, and it may not be in our generation, I don't know when, when like the early church, corporate meetings were not, they weren't able to have them because of persecution. And so the question we've got to ask ourselves if we did not have a Sunday meeting, and we will and we do, would the church exist? Would the church exist? Would it be in the homes? Would it be in the community? Would it be serving God? You see, we have this time now, and, and it may go on for, for a long time, and, and it's important. But it's that community, that, that network of friends out there that we need. And if we're isolated, and this is all we do, is come in and do our Christian thing, and I understand it. I want to tell you, many people have been hurt by the church. Many people have been hurt by leaders. And, and I, I want to apologize on behalf of them, and I've hurt people myself. We all do that kind of thing. But that doesn't outweigh the privilege and the, the, the fulfillment of being part of true community. So I'm encouraging you this week, this year, get involved. Um, Reach out, bring your friends, uh, so that we can see people saved and set free. We can see the city changed by the power of God. Amen? Amen. 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 Thank you. Can we um, bow our heads, please, for a moment? That was good timing, eh? We did all of that and have 15 minutes left. It can be done. Father God, we just thank you that we have a Father in heaven. We may not have been good fathers or had good fathers here, but you're our Father. You're a good Father. 
You loved us so much that you sent your son to restore that broken relationship. We thank you, Father, that we can come into your presence because of what Jesus did. We thank you for bringing us together as community. Lord, I pray that we will guard the unity of the Spirit, that we'll guard unity. Lord, that we'll keep short accounts, that we'll risk with each other and forgive quickly. Lord, I pray that you give us the capacity to open our hearts to more people. Lord, if we've shut down because we've been hurt or because we've been let down, I pray in Jesus' name that you heal those hearts right now. I pray that in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for the fear of God to be upon us when somebody in vulnerability tells us something or needs help, that we honor them, that we protect them, that we pray for them, that we don't gossip about them. Lord, I pray that, Lord God, that people will find safe places where they can be set free without fear. And Lord Jesus, I thank you. You said when you left, when you go, you will send another, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, the Paracletos, the one that will walk beside us, the one that will be in us, the one that will lead and guide us. And Holy Spirit, I just pray for more of your presence in our lives, in our meetings, in the home groups. I pray because it's your anointing that breaks yokes and sets free. Lord, I pray for people in this body that are not here today. Maybe they're discouraged, Lord. Lord, we pray for them. For ones that have wandered away, Lord God, and may, may have had good reason, I pray that you will bring them home, Lord. I pray that in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray that if there are broken relationships with people in this church right now, Lord, I pray, Lord God, that just sorry and forgiveness would flow. I pray that we will do what you say in Corinthians 13. True love keeps no record of wrongs. Lord, I pray that we'll burn that little black book in our back pocket. That we'll burn it, Lord God. Just see ourselves just letting go, because in doing that, we are released and we release others. There will be a people, Lord God, in, in the back of Jingle Park, Lord, in a gymnasium that will represent you well. Not perfect, but doing our best to represent you, not only here, but in the community you call us to. And Lord, I thank you for the provision and for even now for this, this burger barbecue, Lord. You provide, Lord. And I pray that this will be a time that people can just hang with each other for a while, uh, make new friends, and reach out, Lord. And Lord Jesus, we want to honor you as Lord and head of the church. We ask you to continue to build your church. Continue to build in us and through us, I pray. In the precious name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Amen.